Maps of the Tech Talk. I'm Prithvi. And I'm Ryan. Sit back and enjoy. We've got quite a bang for a podcast for you today. Today, we've got an exciting discussion on Samsung's latest flagship phones. What's new, what we like, what we don't like, and all and the all-crucial question. Should you buy it? Another day, another phone. <sighs> Why have they revealed it so early on? Don't they usually unveil the products later on in the year? Yeah, that's true. Um, I know Samsung typically release their... They have a keynote, one in like late Feb, and one usually September or October time. And interestingly enough, this year they released their new phone on the 14th of Jan, which is obviously a whole month early. Um, Classically, though, the phone was leaked beforehand and had been leaked for the past couple of months, so it didn't really make a difference. But uh, hopefully this is like a positive sign for Samsung as they launch head first into the new century. Um, And the phones in question are the Samsung Galaxy S21 series. So you've got Samsung Galaxy S21, Samsung Galaxy S21 Plus, and the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra. Obviously quite a mouthful. Um, They're pretty astutely named, if you ask me, considering we're in the year 2021. And so, you know, (laughs) it all matches up. Um, trying to the go main... into the new year with a positive outlook as opposed to the 2020 yeah yeah so 2020 was a pretty difficult year for most uh it's still pretty difficult at the moment if you ask me especially in the uk with covid still causing uh lockdowns and disruptions but we move um anyway so the s21 lineup begins uh at 769 pounds uh, with their you know standard bottom of the range S twenty one, and then it can climb all the way to the top range S twenty one Ultra at thirteen twenty nine. The key difference this year, though, I think, is the new design that the phones have because this year, instead of copying Apple's camera bump, um, they've kind of gone all out with this new camera design. Which is kind of difficult to describe in a podcast, but essentially it's like they've contoured their camera cut out and kind of melted it with the frame of the phone, which looks pretty incredible and really futuristic, um, which is really nice to see from Samsung. And the colors that they've uh, like unveiled are really, really good as well. The color combinations, so there's like, uh, I think it's phantom purple with like a gold camera cutout looks incredible but obviously you've got to go matte black they've got a color called uh, phantom black which looks amazing it's so good um and i mean obviously i haven't felt the phone but if it's matte black it's probably going to feel really nice uh considering it's glass and matte black yeah yeah it is i had a look at some of the pictures and the camera the positioning of it is really different. It's jutting out compared to other brands and models. And it kind of reminds me of the... Have you ever heard of like a Sony Ericsson? Yeah. One of the phones had like the camera that jutted out and you could slide the cover to unveil it or slide it to cover up. It kind of looked like that, except this is way more stylish. Yeah, that is true. I I guess maybe they've taken their uh, inspiration maybe from phones of the past. Um, 
Speaking of which, know. Sony is one of the market leaders in phone camera quality. They have some of the best. Yeah. So it makes sense going back to looking at some of their models. Mm-hmm. Especially since like this lineup's camera is so overpowered. It's. We'll talk about this later in the podcast, but these are some of the best cameras uh, that have been unveiled to date on a smartphone. So something to look forward to. But anyway, so the Samsung S21 kicks off with uh, a Snapdragon 888 chip in America. However, in like the international market, you are greeted with the Exynos 2100 chip. Um, now, Samsung, again, have gone with the 21 naming system, so 2100 for the Exynos chip. But what's interesting this year is, I mean, as usual, people complain about the Exynos chip because they're slower, uh, they're less efficient, and compared to Qualcomm Snapdragon chip, they're pretty useless. Um, and so, obviously, everyone complains, and Samsung, in their keynote, tried to address this, so, like, look, we, we know our Exynos chips lack in these areas and look at what we've done uh, with the new five nanomillimeter processes. And uh, hopefully their Exynos chips are now up to par um, to their Qualcomm, to the Qualcomm ones now. That's interesting that they have to use two different chipsets for different markets, one being a huge international market and one just the USA. Uh, looking at some research, there's a reason for this. Apparently, USA markets require all handsets to have CDMA technology. Uh, CDMA technology is it's essentially the technology that provides wireless service in the US. It's what lets several people on the same network make phone calls and use the inter- internet at the same time. And the thing with the Ex- Exynos chipset is that it doesn't support CDMA, while the Calcom Snapdragon does. So they have to just use a Snapdragon in the US as opposed to the international markets. Yeah, and obviously, as I mentioned, Snapdragon's chips are just superior in quality. Actually, I was watching a video uh, of a comparison between Exynos and Snapdragon, and they're still, I mean, fair play to Samsung, they've kind of closed the gap in that it's in terms of power efficiency, it is more or less on par with Snapdragon, but in terms of performance, uh, in like heavy gaming situations, uh, the frame rate is not as good, um, and the GPU is isn't as powerful either. So Samsung have still got like they've still got to work forwards, but I think they're going forward in the right direction. Just to chime in here, why do you think it is that? they don't want to use the Snapdragon chipset in the international market when their own proprietary chipset is lacking, as you've suggested? I think it's because Samsung have got their own chip, and so if they manufacture their own stuff, they're more likely to gain a larger profit margin. Whereas if you have to buy something from another company, it's like having a middleman, and that middleman wouldn't want to make his own profit, and so he'll probably sell you something like for slightly for a slightly greater price and that way it helps Samsung to manage their profit margins and probably make more profit in the international market uh, per unit sold compared to America. So they're weighing up 
relative performance to profit gains and it's probably more it makes more sense to them to use their own chipset making the product more profitable despite the loss in performance which probably isn't that significant when all things are considered yeah i don't think it's very significant in like everyday usage but i feel like obviously when you tax your phone heavily like you're paying pubg for example which is a fairly taxing game um you can definitely notice like the frame rates drop um hopefully it won't lag because obviously this is the greatest of great chips out there but you'll still notice the disparity between the two two phones back to the s21 um so this phone essentially features a 6.2 inch display and it's an infinitio display like it was last year so that means it's got a hole punch uh in it for its front camera and that is to maintain its it's like extreme body to screen ratio uh interestingly enough though this year the display is only 1080p uh obviously a 1080p amoled display so pretty bright um and really colorful but it's only 1080p and i feel the reason for that is because they wanted to have their all impressive 120 hertz display to make all the actions on the phone buttery smooth um also something that they've taken from their their note series is the ability to vary the refresh rate and what this means is that their screen will vary from 40 hertz to 120 hertz depending on what you're doing and obviously what this does is it it means your phone becomes more efficient with its battery and it can last longer on on last longer on a single charge whilst maintaining its buttery smoothness oh sorry i just have a quick question regarding the 120 hertz display refresh rate does it actually matter can you tell the difference in a 120 hertz refresh rate screen versus i'm guessing apple's 60 hertz refresh rate um so when you put them side by side yes you can definitely notice a difference and i think once you've gone to 120 hertz it's very very difficult to go back to 60 hertz like you can notice the imperfections fair play to apple because whilst they haven't introduced 120 hertz yet which is hopefully coming in the iphone 13 but so far the animations are so smooth that it gives you the feeling that it's a higher refresh rate than it actually is but it doesn't stack up compared to the 120 hertz of Samsung or any other Android phone, to be honest, that has um, the 120 hertz. Or even there's there's a couple gaming phones which are 144 hertz, and yeah, they're just a sight to behold. I'm gonna have to try one out because the way you yeah, describe it definitely. is something that you have to experience. I'm just worried yeah. that once I do, I wouldn't be able to return back to my measly 60 hertz refresh rate. <laughs> Maybe it's time for an upgrade for it. Who knows? Not my wallet. <laughs> Going back to the screen. Um, so the screen on the S21 reaches a maximum of 1300 nits at maximum brightness. 1300 nits. Why does yeah. the screen have nits? Do they have lice too? <laughs> That's a fair question. Um, but no, luckily for us at least. Um, so a nit is like a standard unit of luminescence, so it, it essentially describes the various sources of light, and uh, a higher rating of nits means a brighter display. And it's it's important to have like a bright display so you can see it, especially out in the sun, 
the more nits, the merrier, I suppose. Anyway, the Samsung's phone also features Gorilla Glass Victus. Now, this is important because it means that it's supposedly more scratch resistant and also shatter resistant. So I think the exact figures are it's supposed to be um, drop resistant up to two meters compared to its predecessor, which was only drop resistant up to 1.6 meters. And also it's supposed to be twice as scratch resistant as before. Um, so yes, two interesting characteristics. Uh, it's important to note, however, like obviously with with glass, it's prone to shattering and scratching. But if you make glass more shatter resistant, that means it's more likely to be more scratch resistant. And so it's very difficult to get the blend of the two because they're it's almost like in they're almost inversely proportional to each other. So it's quite incredible that Gorilla Glass have worked uh, and experimented to get a glass which is both shatter resistant and scratch resistant. One thing I want to ask you about specifically is I consider the most important part of the phone, especially since I use my phone quite regularly throughout the day for any of my tasks, is the battery life. Can you tell me more about the battery itself? Yeah, sure. So. The standard uh, S21 comes with a 4,000 milliamp hour battery, um, and that is pretty big for a, for a 6.2 inch uh, phone, especially considering Apple's phone has a measly 2,815 milliamp hour battery. But uh, unfortunately, the numbers don't necessarily mean a lot in this scenario because uh, if you compare Apple and Samsung, they've got different software, different chips, different um, programming, etc. And that's why it's not really a, a decent comparison. Um, however, I think it's fair to say that the Samsung S21 will last a full day, no problem. I don't think you'll be in any situation where you'll be running out of charge, especially if you leave in the morning with a full charge. Unfortunately, however, uh, with regards to battery and charging. Samsung have copied Apple in the fact that they will no longer include a charger in the box. So that's a pretty big disappointment in my opinion. They're, cop they're copying all the wrong trends that Apple's setting. Yeah, we started off with the headphone jack. Yeah. <laughs> How much does the charger cost separately, do you know? Um. I reckon it charges, uh, sorry, it costs about $30 or, or £30. Interestingly enough, Xiaomi actually, they released a phone earlier on in the year, like I think the 2nd or the 3rd of Jan. But what they've done is that they've allowed you to order it without the charger, but they will include a charger for free if you so choose to have the charger. So that's maybe that's the way that, company should go where they offer to include the charger for free i understand why companies would try to sell the charger separately it's because if you have uh accessories like chargers that work with future hardware and previous hardware there's no need to be redundant in having two of the same chargers is, is mm. that the case here with samsung's that these s20 charger for example works with the s21 so yeah they're using a universal charging port it's from usb-c to usb-c the thing is, though, last year with the S20, you got a charger in the box. I can't remember the exact wattage, but 
it wasn't as powerful as or as fast as you can charge the Samsung S21 or, or the S20. I think they're capable of fast charging up to, um, let me just double check here. So they can charge up to 45 watts out of, a, out of mains, but the original charger that they provided was only 25 watts. So in a way, it's kind of telling people to get their Ren charger to take advantage of this feature. Sneaky of them, but fair enough. Trying to catch as much money as they can. Yeah, I suppose so. But to be fair, you can get like third-party chargers for the same, for, for cheaper, in fact. Uh, I know Anchor sells a lot of chargers, charging bricks in particular, uh, for Apple or Samsung. And they all work as good as original, if not better, because they have the larger wattage, so your phone charges a lot faster. I think it's the idea that as you're the manufacturer of the phone, you release a charger with it that's, for the customer, a safer product because it's assured by whoever's selling the phone. But if, as long as they're licensed chargers that Samsung gave approval, yep, this works with our phone, go buy it from Anker, that should be fine. What else can you tell me about the phone now? <laughs> We've talked a lot about batteries. There's two things in particular. I guess first we'll start off with security. So in a day and age where masks are compulsory, it's really, really good that Samsung have got their ultrasonic fingerprint sensor in screen and they've carried this on and they haven't adopted Apple's face ID. Um, what can I tell you about this fingerprint sensor? Well, it's newer so and larger, so it's faster and you can put your finger in a kind of in a larger area of the screen and the phone will recognize that it's your finger and unlock it for you. Uh, to be honest, that's all. That's all that's new in this phone regarding security. Now onto the final thing, which is the cameras, and I think it's pretty special because the Samsung S twenty one has four cameras, uh, three on the back, and one on the front. So the front camera is yeah forty. Uh, sorry, a ten megapixel wide camera. So it's it's wide enough that you can get yourself and a group of friends in. Uh, this is just on the selfie camera, by the way, and it's capable of recording in 4K. I don't know why you'd want to do this, but, you know, you have the capability. And then on the back, you've got three cameras. You've got a 12 megapixel ultra wide, a 64 megapixel three times telephoto, and finally, a 12 megapixel normal camera. So, you know, with this combination, you've got quite a lot of versatility. And uh, also the fact that on the back cameras, you can record at 8K. Um, again, I don't know why you'd want to, but there we go. Obviously, I've been speaking about the S21 for the past couple of past couple of minutes. But if we move on to the S21 Plus, I think the main difference between this and the S21 is the fact that its screen size is 6.7 inches. And with a larger phone, obviously, this means you've got a larger battery. And therefore, this phone's battery clocks in at 4,800 milliamps. Um, and then we move on to the Ultra, which I haven't really mentioned that much, but it's got a huge 6.8-inch screen. It's got a gigantic uh, 5,000 milliamp hour battery. And then it's got its cameras. So it's got a 40 megapixel camera on the front. This is just a normal selfie camera, 40 megapixels, if you imagine. 
Then on the back, you've got 12 megapixel ultra wide, a 10 megapixel three times telephoto, a 10 megapixel 10 times telephoto, and a 108 megapixel main sensor. Wow, 108 megapixels. That is absolutely ludicrous. I'm not much of a camera savvy person, but I do know that your SLRs, DSLRs from Nikon and Canon, they don't try and go above 40 megapixels. I think that's a maximum I've seen. And they're your high quality cameras that you're using for professional photography. And I had to look at this, uh, the 108 megapixel sensor. What they do is they try and reduce the individual pixel size so that they can cram more in. For people who don't know, one megapixel is, I think, one million pixels. So that's 108 million pixels or individual sensors that capture light crammed into the uh, main sensor of the camera on the back. I, I can't see how they can manage to do it or how they've designed it in such a way that they're able to maintain image quality, reduce noise reduction. Because the more, pixel, uh, the more sensor pixels you have, it means each individual pixel receives less light. So it's quite strange to me how they've managed this, but I've heard that they've improved the resolution and camera quality as a whole. I think the main thing is software. Um, I think in their chips, they've got like an AI uh, machine learning part of the chip, and that deals with all of these images and essentially processes uh, all like all the I think it processes all the individual pixels and makes them as optimum as they possibly can be so that when you get the photo you've got clarity um good color saturation good low light photography if that's what you're doing etc so I think that's that's where the software end of the spectrum arises um I also forgot to mention that with this set of cameras on the S21 Ultra you've got something called a hundred times space zoom. So this means that if you're a stalker, you can do a lot of stalking. <laughs> I don't know why it would be useful in a modern day setting at the moment, especially considering we're all locked up inside. Well, that's a perfect reason. You can now look at Cannon Hill Park from your window. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess... The one main thing I should warn you about is that the regular S21 has a plastic back and that's in a way how I think they've managed to reduce the price to um they've managed to reduce the price to 749 pounds. If we go back to last year, this time last year, the S20 uh considering it had 5G as well just like this phone, it was priced at 949 pounds. So they managed to reduce it. Sorry, it was priced at £849. So they managed to reduce it by about £100. And I think the way they managed that is by giving this phone a plastic bag. The S21 Plus and the S21 Ultra have a regular glass bag. Um, I mean, and so they should, considering they cost £949 and £1,149 respectively. Or at least they start at that value. When you add greater storage, then you know, the price starts climbing up. However, I mean, I've heard reports that the plastic back feels like glass uh, and it's got a, like a really nice matte finish and you can't really tell the difference. 
Uh, obviously, it's a bit lighter, but you know, it's a it's a smaller phone anyway. So, it's in a way, it's a good thing. And also, the fact that it's plastic means that it's less likely to shatter when you drop it, and it will potentially absorb impact when you've dropped it. So it can direct impact away from your glass screen uh, and into the plastic. I don't really care about the quality or feel of glass versus plastic. I care more about the functionality of the phone. Of course, design matters. So I would have preferred if they gave, let's say, the S21 Plus and Ultra an option to have it fit with a plastic back rather than glass. But I'm guessing that would mess up the supply chains they set up. You say that, you say that, Prit, but actually last year they released, so this is, I think, October last year, they released, obviously, the Samsung Galaxy Note 20 Ultra, and then they released a Samsung Galaxy Note 20. Now, the Note 20 Ultra started at roughly the same price, at about £1,199. Um, but the thing is, the Note 20, it started at 999 and surprisingly, the 999 phone had a plastic bag. So I don't know if you really wanted the plastic bag for it. I reckon Samsung would have given you the plastic bag. Obviously, they at would have told price. you, but they would have sold it at a higher price. Exactly. And so perhaps it's better that they're, they've reduced the price of you know the base model, um, but instead uh, given you a plastic bag. I'm just going to add on one thing. You've talked a lot about the phones. There's one thing you've missed that I think is... Maybe not as big as a game changer, but it's pretty cool in my head. It's that mm -hmm. they're using the they're allowing their phones to unlock cars, so you can pair your phone with your car and use it as a key. Apple did something similar last year with their Apple Car Keys, and yeah. it's nice to see Samsung's joining in on that initiative to increase, um, I guess, connectivity with other devices. That is true. Uh, I mean, I guess you can also add that Tesla have got their own uh, Tesla have got their own app that allows you to unlock your phone. I'm sorry, unlock the car and also do stuff to your car, like open the doors, uh, open the boot, and uh, you know set the climate controls, etc. So I guess that's what Apple's kind of working towards in the end. And obviously, you must have heard the rumors about Apple's. Um, car that they're planning to make so maybe samsung are working in this in a similar direction that'd be quite a sight to see i've heard that apple are investing in or they've invested something like 30 billion into kia for their apple car production but that's a talk for another day yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> so i'm gonna ask you are these phones worth it given everything you said if you're on the market for a phone and you're not overly fussed at whether it's Apple or Samsung or Android for that matter entirely, I think definitely, definitely consider the S21 lineup. Um, obviously, you know, it's it's going to cost a lot. Your wallet's going to be crying at the end. Uh, luckily, Samsung have got, got you covered there. They've got pre, um, pre-ordering kind of deals where if you pre-order the phone, you get like a set of buds for free. So they're... I, it's not their top of the range Galaxy Buds Pro, but it's their Galaxy Buds Live, which they're offering you currently, I think, on all of their phones. So, yes, definitely consider getting it. If you're an Apple user, which is who's completely avid on Apple, then no, I can't recommend it for you because you're just going to be disappointed. 
but in terms of recommending this to like anyone on the street that I would meet, I would 100% recommend all three of these phones just because they're a pretty good deal. And at the moment, Samsung are doing a really good job with what they're doing, with their cameras, with their software. I think everything's coming together for Samsung. In today's session, we had a glimpse of the future of smartphones, objects that will make us more happy, more connected, and arguably contribute to our productivity. However, perhaps our goal should be focused inwards on ourselves so that we do not need all of these external items to enjoy life. Perhaps as Epictetus famously wrote, wealth consists of not having great possessions, but in having few wants. And remember, like, subscribe and share. It's free. Hope to see you next time.